0: Hello, hello, hello again my lovelies, this is Loose Lips, this is all about good vibes and we're on our third chat of the day and this one I'm really, really excited about. We're going to be speaking with the man himself, Mark Chapman aka Chappers, going to be getting stuck into his career. Also not only that, you know, I want to really ask about things about the behind the scenes of how shows like Match of the Day, iconic shows of Match of the Day are created. Um, So I'm really excited to speak with him. Well done for everyone who's come through so far. And Mark's in the group as well. He's sending a request. So technology is about to align us. Here we go. Yes, how are you?
1: It works. It works. I'm good. Are you? I'm
0: very well. This is surreal, mate. Thank you, firstly, for agreeing to do this.
1: Pleasure. Pleasure. Good stuff that you're doing.
0: Thank you, brother. You know, I just feel like in these times, it's all about spreading the positive vibe. I know there is a severity out there, but I just think if we can help people set the mind off the reality that we're in and, you know, uh, connect with people around the world and just celebrate people's stories, a lot of people have been reaching out and saying it's doing its part. So, that, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to Good. Really.
1: Please fear. Please
0: fear. Nice one. Well, uh, also, anybody who's coming through to the actual chat, if you've got any questions, just put them in the comments and if I can work them in, I definitely will. But I've got a few as well. And the first one <laughs> I want to uh, say is that one thing, you know, I'm a presenter as well. I do stand-up comedy and I do DJing. But what I really respect about yourself as a presenter is, just how versatile you are amongst many different platforms from radio to TV but also the different manner of the sports as well it's it's staggering you, you i think people maybe don't understand or give the credit the amount that you
1: actually do uh well people in the main tend to be very nice so that's always so that's always quite good in the main i say and um i kind of grew up in a, in an era really in the in the 80s where if you were a, a sports presenter then you did all sports, really. Um, and whether that's, I'm not, not for one minute comparing myself to any of these, but um, Des Lynham or uh, Dickie Davis or David Coleman or Helen Rolison, um, uh Jim Rosenthal, then they would do a whole variety of sports. You were a sports presenter. And um, that's kind of what I've always, you know, I don't, I don't just have an interest in one sport. You know, I grew up going to watch lots of different sports, listen to lots of different sports, watch lots of different sports on telly. So um, I've always thought that if I just did one sport, I'd go slightly mad, really. Um, uh, and I'm also a big believer in that what you learn from one sport, you can then take into a take into another sport. And the more you deal with lots of people in a whole variety of sports, the more they, they want to know about other sports as well. And they, and they tap into other sports all the time. So it just seems, seems kind of common sense to me.
0: <laughs> I think so. But I don't see it being done quite a lot. I, I'd say that, you know, one of the reasons why I, I admire myself as well is back in the day, you did some, you Did you do something with Comedy Day? Like, this is yeah, well, I mean,
1: I was on radio... I was on so, Radio One for ten years, but I always did I always did the sport for Radio One and yeah, then yeah. I kind of did I did sort of weekend fill in shows and the odd well, I was gonna say music shows, as in I hit the button to start the track. I wouldn't say I was a like a music aficionado, but um, you kept
0: yourself relevant. You were always popping up in different areas when you name well, I I the
1: name. I think you've got to um uh, you 've got to try different things that that 's i mean you 've just described to, to us all the different stuff that that you do and I kind of think that's you 've got to do that mate. certainly more and more in the media you 've got to do it and also what um what 's the harm in trying what 's the harm in giving it a go and having a challenge if it goes wrong it, it goes it goes wrong but you know if you say yes and give it a go then who knows where that where that may lead or what might happen with it and you know various things that i've done throughout my career have led to some amazing opportunities
0: got a question coming through here saying have you always <laughs> enjoyed rugby league or is it yeah you almost started watching as you present it
1: what's what what's
0: were involved with the rugby yeah
1: what what's really interesting about that question well it's twofold really yes i've always loved rugby league and um uh, the first time I went to a game was on New Year's Day in probably '85, um, when I'd, uh, I was in my first year at secondary school. And my mate was a uh, was a big rugby league fan, big Warrington fan. So he took us uh, to Warrington on uh, New Year's Day, him and his dad. And just to be awkward, because that's what you do at that age, him and his dad supported Warrington. And me and a mate supported Wigan, who were the opposition <laughs> at the time, Just to, just to wind them up. Um, and then I went to university in a very big rugby league town in in Hull. So I've, I've followed Hull. I went to um, when they won the Challenge Cup in Cardiff. Uh, I went and watched Hull then, which was which was fantastic and a great day when they when they beat Leeds there. Um, and again, it's going back to what we were saying about if you don't ask or if you don't give it a go, who knows what might happen? And I sat in a meeting with someone at BBC Sport when I was still at Radio One wanting to do other things, wanting to do more sport and, you know, realising that I needed to move on eventually. And I, I said to them, yeah, by the way, I I love my rugby league. And from that, I got the opportunity to stand in for, for Claire Balding when she couldn't do it. And that's kind of how that evolved. But I always think that I wouldn't, you know, I try, I try not to present stuff that I don't really enjoy because I don't want to fake my enthusiasm for it.
0: I understand that. And then I wonder then, leading on to that, you know, when you're developing your sort of career and you get given the opportunity to be involved with something like match of the day, is that something that is presented to you or again is it in a meeting and you're like, you know what, that's the goal and then uh,
1: No, that 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 was uh that was offered to me, not um uh not that wasn't a sit down i 'd like to present match of the day too that was I was doing various things i was doing um i'd been doing five life sport on the Monday night club and I had um been doing a lot of final score as well at the time so the Saturday afternoon results thing um and then I got a phone call to say um would i would I take over match of the day two so uh so yeah so that's how, so it was literally a phone call. And the most amazing thing about that, the most amazing thing about it, which is really important. I'm not sure I've ever, I've ever kind of said this a lot, but, but it's really important. And particularly because, um, by the way, I've just seen that question. Is it true you support both United and Hull City? That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Hull because I went to Hull as I was just explaining, but you can't support, you can't support two football teams. Um, and yeah, um, uh, one of, and because this is a very positive podcast and all of that, uh, Instagram Live, um, uh, one of the first people I spoke to after I got offered the Match of the Day 2 job was um, Colin Murray, who was coming off Match of the Day 2, who was the most incredibly generous, magnanimous, lovely man about me taking over from him. Um, and we go back a very long way, used to work at Radio 1 together, still work at Five Live together. And the way he was over that shift of presenter of that show was absolutely class. He was an absolute class act, and I will never forget that.
0: I love that. That could be an exclusive as well, one of the best exclusives we've had. Um, Before we go into match of the day, because I'm really interested in the background of the green screen setup it only dawned on me i think 3 weeks ago when you yeah. post up that it's a green screen i was like of course it's a green screen
1: but uh, only this year only this year wasn't a green screen until this year so the right, studio makes me feel so the so the that. yeah so the studio changed this year so nothing um so it is uh, it, the desk is real and the chairs are real and everything else is um, you can see but we can't
0: so let's continue with this then. So when you're sat at the desk, or so when you're doing the actual analysis of the games, hmm. is that happening? Are you shooting it in what we call as live? So you know that's sometimes. No, of... it is. No, it
1: is live. It's you're live. Shooting
0: it as live.
1: That least. goes you're live. That goes live every yeah every every week we do live because um, you never know when something might happen. So if if at ten forty at night. Somebody decides to sack their manager, which could very well happen. And a couple of times they have a manager has been sacked at half eight, nine o'clock. Then um, you need to react to it. So it's it's absolutely live. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you're literally there all day watching the games, studying the games. You've got the production team editing the packages, coming yeah. to what you're going to speak about, and then it.
1: We watch, like we, watch, we watch. We watch. We the we watch the games in an office, all of us together. The two pundits, me, the production team a guy putting the analysis together and um, from the moment the first game kicks off at what is it? Two o'clock now all the way through until half 10. It's a, it's a continuous process with a break for food. And I mean, it's only watching football, so it's not, it's not the hardest job in the world, but um, constantly talking through the game, they might say something. i oh, they then say, Oh, that's interesting. Could we develop that? And so on and so forth, or they might want to pick a player out. And then over the course of the day, then that analysis is built um, I don't tend to watch it until about nine o'clock and then I watch it with the pundits in an edit suite and then I ask them why they might have a certain clip in or, why, um, or maybe it's a little bit too long or, okay, well, if they're going to show that, then I tell you what, I'll, um, I might want to know this off the back of it. And, and it's built and built and then there's a final edit and then when we go into the studio, they watch their analysis again um, before we then, before we then do it live, they can watch it as many times as they want before we before we go live. And depending on the pundit, depending on how comfortable they are, how long they've done it, how they like to work, because every pundit likes to work in a different way. Um, I might tell them I might tell them how I'm, what I might ask, or how, yeah, or so what I... my follow-up might be. But sometimes, um, if they're really comfortable and experienced, I might not because that actually makes it more fun. And what they know, they know that I'll never land them in it. I'll never throw them under a bus. I'm, I'm, my job as a sports presenter is there to, to, make them, to make them look as good as they possibly can be. That, that's your job as a, as a sports presenter, is to make your pundits sing. Not literally think, sing, but be great.
0: I think that's one of your strongest assets, is the, the way that you bring the guest or the pundits in it really does give them a level up and the, the, there's good back and forth banter as well. And that's why I wondered if it's maybe, you know, what, what do you actually give to them? So that it, be, cause it feels a lot more organic than, than staged.
1: Well, they, um, I give them little bits, but then, but then also, you know, they aren't reading off a script, you know, they've, they've planned what they're going to do. And then they, um, you know, they might throw something in that they haven't mentioned at all throughout the whole day. And then you go, right? Okay, and what they say then dictates what I might then say next. I mean, that's that's the um, that. I've, with uh, you know, I'm not a, a, you know, I don't know everything about the business or whatever, But my my view of doing a good interview is not to ha- is, is actually not to have any questions. I might have some facts and stats. But until I hear as I always say, until I hear the first answer, how do I know what the next question is gonna be? Well
0: this is this is exactly it. This is exactly it. So when you were just saying then that some might be pre you might just lean in and say, I might ask this, I might ask that, that was just an interesting angle because I always felt that the way that your style is, it is quite responsive to what's been said.
1: Yeah, but then you might you might have someone who is in doing their first two or three shows yeah. and they might they might be slightly more nervous. Yeah. and therefore you need to guide them through it a little bit more and i think that's i think that's kind of really you know i don't think i don't think we as viewers and i'll have done it as a viewer myself realize um uh, quite how nerve-wracking it is for some of them and then um at, at the same time i have seen pundits over the years they hear that but as we've said it's live and they hear that theme tune, and then they grip the side of the chair because it's like, oh crikey, you know. Um, so uh, um, you sort of some of them you manage through it, and if you go, look, I won't, I won't hide what I'm going to ask you next. This will be the second question, and this will be the third question because I want them at ease. I don't want them, I don't want them uncomfortable, and I don't want them to look good as well. I don't want them to be, I don't want them to have a crap shot. There's a couple questions
0: that have come through saying, yeah? "Who is your favourite pundits mm-hmm. and I don't know if you're allowed to say but what I'd like to ask off the back of that, yeah maybe not favourite but who do you find that you have a best rapport with, that's probably a better way but then also is there any current Premier League footballers that when they hang up the boots you think would make good pundits as well, that's what I'd like to ask
1: um, uh, Alright, well let's deal with that one first I think um, I think Mikel Antonio could be a really really good pundit I think he's really interesting. I think Troy Deeney could be a really, really good pundit. Um, I've done a couple of things with Tom Heaton recently, and I really liked him from a from a goalkeeper's perspective. Um, I think what's interesting, quite a lot of the time now, is you you can st- sort of um, you can sort of see footballers thinking earlier and earlier about whether they want to do punditry, and then they're properly starting to learn about it and put, you know, try a few, I mean, I would say to them, just try a few different things and then, you know, we'll see where not. You might prefer telly and so on and so forth. So I think there are a few out there who are, who are starting to think about what they want to do. Um, uh, yeah, someone's mentioned Charlie Austin. Uh, you know, I, you, you can see how people are interviewed or, um, how they, you know, how they, um, if they make themselves available for interviews an awful lot, then then they're obviously thinking that way. And then if they'll do an interview... Ben Foster recently started to do an awful lot. So I think that's really interesting with, with Ben Foster. As far as the pundits I like working with, then... Oh, my God. Uh, there are none that I don't. I know that's a really boring answer, but I have... Um, yeah, James Milner—that's quite a good shout from from Ian there. So, yeah, I think James Milner could be a really interesting one. I've tried a couple of times to get James Milner in, actually, but it's quite—I think it's quite difficult at the moment if your team's going for the title to come and be yeah. <laughs> to come and be a pundit on the show. Um, uh, with them all, really, in very in very different ways. I love working with Righty, obviously. I really like working with Alan. Um, you know, they the, they've all got. Micah has been a breath of. Fresh air to work with because he just laughs all the time, um, but there are there are there are where I go oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this you know they're, they're they're decent they're decent people really. Do you,
0: when um and we're going to sort of come onto the NFL show because hmm. uh, it's incredible and the the emphasis yeah. how you free show how you present that show is one of Thanks. the biggest reasons why it attracts a lot more people into the game over yeah. here. But um, when you were doing the Super Bowl coverage and you had like a behind the scenes show on the NFL show before, you were speaking with an ex-American football player who was sat down with you all and he was saying that there's some form of like courses that are going through for players that are coming to the end of the career and are actually interested in getting to the punditry Mm. and almost going on Mm. like uh, a workshop or a a course. Like, do you think the way that the UK Premier League football is getting that we could start seeing that built in uh, into the I would w- yeah
1: I would do that I would absolutely do that and people sort of um you know people look at, at the NFL shows and interviews you do with NFL players that was Nick Burlson that in the in the uh, Super Bowl preview he was uh he was um he that was an unbelievable yeah, chat was that it was and that was, a, it was and saying. that was another one where i had no idea where we were going to go and then he took it down that route and it was like wow okay fantastic um but yeah i think there's a, i think there's a there's a there's a greater path maybe for them over in the nfl and i think partly we're trying to catch up with that over here but um there is still the belief a lot of the time that you know you can stick a player down and they can just talk about they can just talk about the game and in front of the t v camera or a radio mic, and they should be able to do it like that and and they shouldn't and actually, I think you know um sometimes we need to be a bit more patient with them and and give them time to grow into their their role as a as a pundit and actually, we as broadcasters i think probably do need to give them more support and more training and more help and if they're playing and this isn't just in football, I think this is in a variety of sports. You know, the more we can work with them whilst they're still playing, might then help them as a as a pundit when they then retire.
0: So let's step to the NFL show because it, it must be. I mean, how does the schedule work with that? How, how
1: when Okay, so that is that. so that is that is pre-recorded. So we pre-record that on a Tuesday, and we pre-record two shows a week. So uh, we do both shows on a on a Tuesday. Um, and um, they are recorded off the back of a lot of WhatsApp conversations with the producers and between OC Jason and myself about the games we're going to cover, the analysis that we're going to do. And I think we have properly, um, I think the analysis that the boys have done has gone to a different level in many ways this season. Um, and that is not just down to OC and Jason, that's also down to. Uh, um, Mark Golly and Alistair who do the um, who put the analysis together and watch so many of the games and that again is a collaborative process to try and you know educate and have a bit of fun with it. That's that's the aim of, of the analysis on that.
0: I think it's really done well in that example because it is quite bite sizing the information that it's that it is given and almost like I love the fact that you all tend to want to play yourself up in those roles so if the question's asked it feels like you're allowed to be asked you know you respect that the audience are at all different stages of what they know but i like the fact that there's a lot of callback and in jokes as well but but
1: yeah yeah What, what the whole idea the whole idea is to try and make that as inclusive as possible right and that is inclusive whether you've never watched nfl before whether you watch a lot of nfl whether you've watched lots of our show and get some of the jokes, whether you haven't watched hardly any of our shows, then hopefully there's still something in there that might make you laugh or something that you might watch on the in the game or the analysis and think, oh, I might return to this show. Tries to be as inclusive as possible. And that, you know, that means that there will be diehard fans of the, the sport that probably don't like it because they might just think we're just Having too much of a laugh with it, and you know, or the analysis isn't up there. But if we bring in all new fans to the game, and then they go off and enjoy it to a really high level, then I kind of feel that that then that, that is is job done. I don't I don't want to. What I don't want to do is I don't want to exclude anybody that might just have um, dropped in and watched it for the first time, and I don't want to patronize people who love the game i'm hoping there's a kind of there's a kind of balance there but you know we're five years into it you know, four or four, five years into it um and going back to pundits needing to grow i if you but i would hazard a guess if you watched the first 18 months of that i was dreadful on that show for 18 months because I i wanted to prove to people that i knew what i was talking about whereas Whereas, Which is the worst thing you can do. Whereas now I feel much more relaxed about asking a stupid question because I probably know the answer anyhow. Does that yeah. make sense?
0: Yeah, completely. And I think as well, there's a solidarity between you all. Maybe there's a proper more of a camaraderie now that you know each other and you, you know each other's yeah. other workings and each of you have yeah. your own like character step-outs, you know, the way yeah. that Jason sort of plays himself up and oh, she comes across as cool and yourself who's sort of like, maybe doesn't know but does know like, it's just it just works it just works and, and, and yeah. I think for, what what I what I really love about it is that when I started getting into NFL one of my best friends was into it but I just didn't have the patience to really understand the game Yeah, um,
1: yeah.
0: I, I really started watching your show and it was the, the, the banter and the camaraderie that you were having that made me like there's something in this and I really like what you're about from a presenter background as Thanks. well I really love the dynamic of it and then you know I'd say this season I really, thoroughly like get it. Like I get it. I get the players. I understand the designs. I understand yeah, the yeah. players to look out for. And it, I enjoyed this season so much, and it turned out to be one of the best seasons that they've been. Apparently, so brilliant.
1: Then, then I kind of, then I, I sort of, <laughs> no, that stands work. But I kind of feel job done with you. Then, then that's brilliant. Then that's, then that's kind of what we set out, what we set out to do. I mean, the important thing for me now is what we do with it next and where we go with it next. And, and and you can't sort of sit still with it and you don't want to change too much. But there are things that, you know, we have to go again and there's more... Story. You know, if we weren't in the situation that we were in now, you know, do we do something on the draft? We probably should be doing something on the draft now. But obviously in this situation, it's now impossible to, to do that. Um, but we're constantly... <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the producer, the, the analysis guys, O.C. Jason. You know, the, we feel very much that this is a long-term, a long-term thing, and um, we want to improve. We we want to go again. Probably very much like you know, head coaches or football coaches or whatever. It's like you know, we're not sitting still. Right? What can we do next with it?
0: What's it like at a Super Bowl? Can you even describe? Or sum it up? it <laughs> must
1: be it's the... insane the 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 last one i mean I've enjoyed every single one that that I've been to, but the last one was as much fun as I have had doing any sporting event live it's 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 a challenge as a presenter because it's four hours of not knowing what's going to happen, and the Americans can call a commercial break with just 10 seconds to the break. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, crikey, right, we're on. What are we going to talk about? So there's a challenge from that. It was an outdoor Super Bowl in the sun in Miami between two fresh teams in many ways. No disrespect to the Patriots, but we didn't have the Patriots for for the first time in a a while. Um, And we were... And we felt that... We were also there for Mahomes' first Super Bowl, yes. and that could be that could be a legendary moment because he could go on and you know dominate for a decade. Well, the way um, they did in that
0: fourth quarter, in the, in the way they did
1: in fourth quarter, and just everything about it, I've got goosebumps now. Talking about it, <laughs> everything, everything about it felt incredibly special from yeah. the moment we arrived that day, and the. Um, uh, the, the halftime was fantastic And just a bit of a laugh And those halftime shows Sometimes in the stadium Oh, froze a bit One so,
0: sec, see if he comes back to us
1: Hello, hello ah, Sorry chap, oh. you froze Just as you were All saying right. Those, those so, halftime I, shows The halftime shows sometimes Don't work in the stadium Because um, they're designed for telly But this one properly worked in the stadium The Rock introducing the teams Just so much about it just worked, and it was it just gave us a buzz from start to finish and when you were when you were as a media, go and present that by the way, everything runs to the second, everything is slick, everybody wants to help everybody's pulling in the same direction to make it the best event they possibly can make it um nothing or working on it is is a problem. everything runs so smoothly, and that doesn't happen at very many events it's a it's a i'm i you know i'm honored to have done i've done seven i think six of them in america uh, i did one from from back here they they're the most amazing things to cover most amazing things to cover
0: do you feel the pressure on that do you feel the pressure
1: on the super bowl no i love it i absolutely i, I it gives me it gives me butterflies um when when they ran the opening um uh, the opening sort of montage thing with, with Jason and OC on, in this car. And then this mm. kind of like eighties music intro stuff. I was like punching Jason on the leg underneath <laughs> the desk going, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. Um, it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's four hours. of not knowing what you're going to talk about with, you know, three friends. Cause car- Mike Carson does it as well. And this amazing sport, which we love. And, um, Oh, and, and, and finding that balance between, you know, some of the texts and the tweets that you read out and, and al- analysing the game. and oh, and...
0: sorry, you went again just to analysing the game?
1: Oh, cool. yeah, analysing the game. It's just everything about it. Is just a, it just gives me butterflies doing it, but in a good way, in a good way.
0: Now, I know you've... Uh... Um, giving us your time and I'm grateful for that and I won't keep you too long there's That's all right. a couple of things I'd like to sort of uh, ask and one of them is maybe a side that people don't really get to know about and respect or have a, a thought to and you know you mentioned final score before and I think of names like Jeff Stelling just can you talk us through something like that where you've got 40 plus games you've got producers yeah. in your ear telling you go to this game go to that game Like, can you, can you talk us through just the, the process
1: of that yeah, I mean, if you if you do around the ground show final score or or Soccer Saturday or when we do around the grounds on five live, it is you're trying to keep across the screens on which you've got featured games, you've got people in your ear telling you uh, goal at wherever it may be and go to it. And from for me, I've got a whole load of stats in front of me with goal scorers and you know other little facts and stats as you go along. So. You're trying to sort of juggle three or four different things, but you get used to it. And actually having someone in your ear when you're doing T V and radio is now the most for me it feels the most normal thing in the world. And actually what's harder is if people stop talking in your ear, because if it stop talking in your ear, I think it's I I think something's gone wrong. gone wrong. So it's a bit like a it's a bit like a comfort blanket, I suppose. But you don't only hear people talking to you, you hear them all talking to each other about what graphic to put up or where they're going to go next or which camera they need to cut up or whatever it is. So you have the general hubbub and then it's just about sort of tuning in and out of the stuff that is relevant to you. So, But it becomes incredibly normal.
0: Do you find that there's a lot of unsung heroes then with the production team behind it?
1: Oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully in the chat of the NFL at at Match of the Day 2 and, you know, that that, um, Monday Night Club It's a team effort to put it together. It requires, you know, really good producers with really good ideas and dedicated to make the best shows that they possibly can. I mean, if you look at the moment on a Saturday afternoon um, without the live football, we're on Five Live, I'm getting, we're doing a show called The Guest List for two hours. And I am having, I mean, some of the people that I am talking to is, is remarkable, but that's down to producers and reporters and correspondents using their contacts to bring these people in. And then I interview them and talk to them and I get the tweets going, oh, that was amazing, amazing. It's like, well, yeah, but I wouldn't be talking to them if it wasn't for my producer or my correspondent or whatever who's brought them in. So everything, every show is a a team effort. Absolutely.
0: Do you think that especially with both sports football and uh, American football, in the analysis – can the graphics get too much, or do you feel like we're going to see another evolution in the graphics as well? You know the oh. graphics, but you know, um, I think of the 3D one where there's the striker and it like yeah. swooshes around yeah. and sees it from another angle. I, right?
1: I, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm not a fan of overcomplicating things. I think I think you know you can have a graphic and the presenter can give the information. You probably don't need much else, but I think. Um, I mean, I don't actually see final score because I'm on the radio at the same time. But um, in general, I think you can overcomplicate things by putting too much, too too much stuff on the screen. Definitely.
0: Perfect. Well, I think um, I, I'm I'm like happy that I've managed to ask a lot of the questions that I've asked. If, if there's any that's going to come through. In the comments, last couple, obviously, uh, he's given us his time, but he might need to shoot. So I
1: saw, uh, I saw somebody talk about whether, um, uh, whether uh, because of Neville and Carragher, whether more people will admit to the clubs that that they support, and I think that's really interesting. I think, I think it's easier for pundits because um, they've played for the clubs, so it's yeah. kind of fairly obvious. And particularly if you're Neville and Carragher and you're kind of one club men, then that's fairly fairly obvious. I think if you're a presenter, it's not it's not disastrous to be honest. I think it's always slightly harder for a commentator because they're the ones at the sharp end and commentating on every every goal, free kick, penalty, whatever it is. So I think it's always harder for a commentator unless they support someone who is, you know, National League North and they're never when um, they're never going to kind of commentate on them. So um, I, I think I think in the main you can. Depending on who you are, you can probably get away with supporting certain certain teams.
0: We've got a question saying, "Can you confirm who you support?" Are you yeah,
1: I, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, 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 I'm a Manchester United fan, but I've, I've, I've never, um, I've never kind of, I've never hidden that really. And, um, you know, I, I was, you know, I've grown up in in Man. Well, I was born in Rochdale, um, and moved to moved to South Manchester when I was, um. 18 months too so Manchester United were my were my local club so if I'm going to grow up loving sport and watching sport then you know that's what that's you you end up getting taken to it so I go so I got taken to United got taken to watch Sale Rugby Union so they're they're also my team Uh, I went to I go and watch Altrincham who are a local team to me because you know when United weren't at home I'd go and watch Alty Um, so I don't have any I don't have any problem with that it doesn't um, the more you work in sport, you can separate you can separate things really, and also you know if pe- uh, you know people always claim that a show might have an agenda against this or an agenda against that, but you have to remember that across match of the day two, for example, there are probably twenty five different clubs represented, right you know because you 've got editors, directors, producers, assistant producers. So, it's very hard. You, 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 can't, you can't really be anti-anybody.
0: I think BT Sport at the moment are against Arsenal. Being a gooner, there's a, lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of Barcelona and Bayern Munich smashing us at the minute. I'm like, why? Leave offers, leave offers. Um, do you feel that referees should have to give? Their verdicts at the end of the game. Do you feel like we be getting into uh, a dodgy territory?
1: If we, if we uh, did, do uh, a I game? think I think the only problem with that is, and I, I do agree with the referees here, is that you don't you'd only want to talk to them after they'd messed up. So, um, you're unlikely to bring them out to go. My God, the way you play play on, you know, played advantage it led to a goal that was sensational. Well done. You'd only focus on it for their errors. I would like to see greater communication. I would like to be able to hear. Them and the the VAR lot talking. I think the secrecy amongst officials is a bit patronising to football fans, and I think it would it would help them a lot if they could talk. Oh, there you go. There's somebody just said. It. I think it would help them a lot if we could hear some of their interaction, because I tell you what, you know, rugby union, rugby league, NFL, you can hear it, and it does make what, well, and it does make a difference. Does make a difference, and and actually, we've seen it. We've seen it with, you know, the A-League in Australia. And all of a sudden, might not agree with their decision, but at least you understand how they've reached a the decision. And I do think it would, I just think it would help. But, the, the, you know, there's a, there just appears to be this way of treating football fans like idiots that they can't deal with, with honest conversations. And, and that's a problem, really.
0: Do you, how do you feel that um, this season will finish?
1: Uh, well, at the moment, I think it will finish. When it finishes, I've no idea, but I think I think it will. Look, there's no, um, th- there's a there's a rush the lower down the football pyramid you go because people will go out of business, you know, and businesses will really really struggle. Um, so I think that is a that is a problem. But you know, at the moment, they don't have to rush rush higher up. You know, they've still got they've still got time, so they can just just got to take their time haven't they really that's 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 all i can see you know there's no need to rush a decision just just keep talking and take your time because we're in this situation for a while
0: cool perfect perfect Uh, do you shoot um in london or in manchester
1: manchester nfl in london match of day two and five live in manchester
0: if you ever need a runner Hit me up. Honestly, <laughs> I want to get involved in that world so much. I know that someone's asking about uh, how you stop yourself going over time when discussing a certain match, and that's obviously been counted down in your in your earpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd you would love just to, got to be... see the whole side and the creation of that. I just think it's from what people see on screen to its, its form. I, I'm I'm such a, like a geek at that stuff, especially with, with yeah. Being you rely you summer.
1: rely on account and and you also judge. All right, if I go over on this chat. I'll, I'll cut back a chat on game three and we'll, we'll make it up there. So you try and build in buffers on the show so that if you go over in one way, you, you can claw it back in another, but you always have someone counting in your ear.
0: Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for your time. There's another one that's come through, which has just said, on your wiki, it says that you're a whole fan, so you need to change it.
1: And I know I'm a Hull FC fan for rugby league, but he can't say I'm a Hull City fan. As I say, you can't you can't support two football teams. That's a bit that that I mean, you just can't do that. And he also says here, Kate, can you talk to your daughter, please? <laughs> uh, and for Jason, Walter Payton, obviously.
0: Yo, do you know what? Right, sorry, you just brought up the uh, the, the the Bears. They yeah. just signed Falls, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they have signed Nick Falls. Yeah.
0: So uh, how do you think he'll be?
1: So I think. I think they've, they've they've been quite sensible in that they've brought someone in who you don't immediately demand to be the number one quarterback, but could easily be the number one quarterback. So if they brought in someone like Cam Newton, injury, injury permitting, you're going, Cam Newton's going to be your starter. But I suppose in this sense, what you're saying is, we've got someone in, he's been a backup, he's won a Super Bowl, he could help Mitch Trubisky... But if Trebitsky has an awful pre-season, Foles can do the job if Trebitsky gets off to a decent start and then falls off a cliff in week three, Falls can do a job so I think they've managed it i mean I think there's lots of things they've done wrong, but I think in the main they've managed it they've managed it sensibly that doesn't puts enough pressure on Trebitsky but not too much and doesn't put in, doesn't put pressure on. Matt Nagy to go. I've got to make this quarterback that we brought in and free, you know, that we brought in, to be our starter. So I think it, I think it, give, it has kept their options open.
0: Rather an astute signing then.
1: I think isn't it? Yeah, an astute signing rather than, as I say, rather than if they'd tried to get Cam Newton or you know, well, can't be or, or Teddy Bridgewater maybe, and it would have been right, you're going to have to start them. So I think I think they've got someone who can be a starting quarterback but can also help Trubisky.
0: Perfect. I've taken up enough of your time and I've thoroughly enjoyed everything. It's a that pleasure talking to you. Chatted about. Thank you for doing that. Thanks and for knows, um, Before the NFL season, maybe another chat. And I'm, I'm serious about that running thing, honestly. I'd love to. I know you. you.
1: This whole thing was just to try and get a job. Was that it? <laughs> is that what it was about? This is my CV. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good no, stuff. honestly,
0: I wanted to reach out because as a presenter, the way that you do it across all different platforms and your, your, your natural style, it is, it is an inspiration. I so appreciate it. I, I appreciate I totally respect it. respect and for getting me into a sport like NFL because now that I get it, I absolutely oh. adore it. Our so. oh, pleasure. Yeah. Our pleasure. All right. You take, take care. Man. Have Thank a good you. evening and stay you safe too, and mate. Your family. Take care. Take Cheers, care.
1: Take care. Take Ben. See you. Bye.
0: There we have it, chappers. Thank you for everybody who were getting involved. Sorry if I couldn't give any of the questions that you'd put through. What time are we on? That's all good. Yeah, uh, yeah. All questions firing through, and obviously what I wanted to ask him as well. Um, so if I got to ask you questions, quality. If I didn't, apologies about that. But thank you everybody for tuning in. I've got one more chat coming up which is going to be with Matt Bowman, who is the lead singer of The Pigeon Detectives. That's going to be starting at 7. Also, if you want to check any of my previous chats, I spoke earlier with Clayton Donaldson. I think he's in the chat as well. Thank you for your natter earlier, cuz. And then also I spoke with a DJ and Booker, David Kiss, uh, from New York, a club called uh, House of Yes in NYC. That was amazing. Uh, so check those out and then all the talks that i've been doing they get uploaded on youtube shared sent out what have you so you can catch up on them again thank you for all feedback coming through massive respect to you all i'll see you on the other side for my chat with my peace